Welcome to Remotely Possible, a podcast about the people shaping the future of work. My name's Adam Riggs, and I'm the CEO of Frameable, a software company that's improving distributed work for Microsoft Teams and Outlook users. We're always looking for leaders, technology innovators, and software partners who might be a good fit as a guest on the podcast. If you have a story to share about creating and maintaining a highly collaborative environment for either hybrid or fully remote teams, we'll share details at the end of each episode of this podcast so you'll know how to get in touch with us. And now, let's dive into our conversation about how real people are making the future of work more successful. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. Today, my guest is Lux Narayan. He's the CEO and founder of Stream Alive, a three times founder, actually, a TED speaker, and a stand up comedian. Stream Alive addresses the existing challenging state of webinars and company communication, and they work with companies like Nike, Persistent Systems, and Symphony AI. Lux, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Adam. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let's start off uh, with you giving the listeners just a, a bit of an overview of the problems that Stream Alive are trying to solve and how you are doing that. Cool. Absolutely. Um, I, I think the context you mentioned in, in, in terms of you know distributed workforces, uh, people working from different places, uh, all of that is, is, is a great context. Uh, but for us, a, a few things um, struck out, and um, the, the first thing that you know hit us is that way back in 1986, uh, three gentlemen created a product at a company called Forethought, and that product was was PowerPoint. Uh, fun fact: it was Apple Strategic Investment Group's first investment, and a year later it was acquired by Microsoft. So Apple actually made their first return on investment from Microsoft. I did not know that. I, I thought it was fascinating. It was a fascinating piece of tech history, right? Uh, but but here we are, 36 years later, and and we're still having conversations that are more monologue and less dialogue. And that coupled with a couple of personal experiences that I went through a few years ago and in, in being in the receiving end of a whole bunch of monologues from presenters uh, led to what, what we created here at Stream Alive. So how does Stream Alive work and how does it make uh, company communication better? So, um, you know, if, if, if you look at let me actually tell you a story as to why we built Stream Alive, if that's okay, because I think that, that kind of places us in context, right? Great. Um, so so you, you mentioned three times uh, entrepreneur. So my last entrepreneurial gig was uh, when I was a co-founder at a company called Unmetric. And Unmetric was in the social media benchmarking space. So absolutely nothing to do with what we do here at uh, Stream Alive. Unmetric got acquired in the end of 2019. And just a few months before uh, COVID, so a combination of all all the crazy that was happening in the world at that time, coupled with uh, some some personal circumstances that required me to spend more time with the family around then, and of course, the whole world going into lockdown, uh, translated into me, you know, following the acquisition um, after the transition of our entire team, I decided to take a break. 
used my newfound free, free time which is a huge luxury and and, and you've been an entrepreneur uh, adam you, you you know how how much of a luxury uh, having absolutely nothing on your plate can be and, and that's kind of what i experienced towards the latter half of 2020 mm. used that time to write this book which had been in my head for a very very long time it's called name place uh, animal thing and uh, you know the the too long didn't read version of the book is that when people ask you so what do you do we need to be giving better answers than what we do for a living and what it says on our linkedin profile and the book is kind of a template to expand the the vistas and horizons of what we do outside of work and allow that to shape who we are at work as well so keeping yeah, the kind of like aside, just bringing your bringing your whole self and 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 sort of representing yourself as a as a complete human not just you know your title etc i'm i'm going to borrow what you just said the next time i had to describe the book that's exactly what it is yes right mm-hmm. uh so so you know in, in in terms of the whole book writing journey it is fascinating because it is almost like a one man entrepreneurial venture for me at that time uh, except for the fact that i didn't know the first thing about um, you know writing a book editing a book and marketing a book so i i binged on a whole bunch of online classes on how to you know do exactly these things yeah. so these were uh, so so these were six different courses i signed up for paid courses uh, by you know people like david perels right of passage seth godin's thing on 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 marketing and podcasting someone yeah. else on amazon uh, you know book marketing and stuff and these six courses were delivered over 56 live sessions uh, on different platforms uh zoom uh, you know facebook live youtube live uh, i think teams for a couple of them as well whole mm-hmm. whole bunch of different platforms yeah so like a huge a huge sample of of uh the way this content was delivered through all these different courses and all the different classes within all the different courses sounds like you got a very full picture of the way this is being taught right now that, that that's exactly what happened adam and, and and the good news is i got this full picture in a compressed span of about 8 weeks so when you see similar patterns repeat time and again over that period and and what i saw was you know the class sizes ranged from as little as a dozen students to 1100 students for the amazon book marketing course and it was very common for the presenter to ask a question like uh, hey folks where are you joining from or how do you f- how are you feeling today or what's your number one pain point with writing a book or what's stopping you from publishing or you know what what do you find most difficult about editing and there'll be so many questions and more importantly people would enthusiastically answer those questions only to be ignored because the presenter would maybe eyeball one or two responses call them out and ignore the remaining maybe 200 responses or or people who had actually chosen to answer that prompt and, you, and you, do you do you mean do you mean um they ask the question and then the answer is typed into the chat or through a survey or how, how what was the mechanism oh i'm i'm glad you asked because i, sh- I should have mentioned that it, it's it's all the answers were typed through the chat and and that's ah. the other big um, commonality right exactly what you said whether it's it's zoom or microsoft teams or google meet or youtube live or facebook live or any platform each and every one of them has chat and people are extremely vocal on the chat they they're very very um, you know participative they're, they're mm-hmm. responding to prompts they're having parallel conversations there is there, there is gold in the chat mhm mhm so so what does what does stream alive do with the chat so 
what 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 struck us was there are all these answers that people are giving in response to questions but those answers are being lost because the presenter has the the human constraint of how do i acknowledge 300 people typing where they are joining from right. for example right, right? Yep. so in in that instance so what streamalive does is streamalive is a platform that plugs into different platforms so we have a connector into microsoft teams into zoom into google meet which would read the live chat and literally visualize it in real time with with a latency of less than one tenth of a second. So in the example of a presenter, uh, let's say it's, it's an all hands or a town hall that you're running in a company and you got people joining from different locations. Uh, some of them are sitting in a conference room in, in one of your offices in Europe. Some of them are, are independently joining and they're all joining from different places. Uh, imagine all of them typing their, their responses in the chat as to where they're joining from. And at that point, what Streamalive would do is that the AI would look out only for location. So even if I said something like hola from Barcelona, it would ignore the hola from and take the Barcelona and within one tenth of a second, put a little dot in Barcelona on a map that the presenter is showing their audience. So the presenter has logged into Streamalive. They're sharing their Streamalive screen. Streamalive is reading the live chat on, let's say, Microsoft Teams and visualizing it in real time. So as people type their locations, the, that map lights up like a Christmas tree, plotting each person's location as they put it in the chat. So the big mantra is put it in the chat and Streamalive does the rest. Mm. And and there's something very, very powerful that happens when you, know, um, when you move from the current paradigm of I ignore you into I see you, I hear you, and I acknowledge you. So because even if it's a micro moment of acknowledgement by virtue of a little dot and a pop-up saying that that you know Lux joined from Barcelona, uh, it is very, very powerful because the person feels included and 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 engaged as opposed to being totally ignored. So so that that's really what we do. We we give the audience a collective voice through the chat and allow presenters to have a conversation with your audience and you know move from from doing a monologue which is what you typically do with with pure powerpoint into having a dialogue which is what you do when you have all of these interactions happening with your audience uh, lux that that makes a lot of sense and um you know one of the things that we we try and point out or we try and talk about here um it's not just the it's not just the opportunities that distributed work brings it's also the the contrast between the the mechanisms and the opportunities that we're all familiar with uh in in person interactions and the new set of um opportunities and interactions that are being built by companies like yours and as you were describing this i was thinking you know th there's a way to understand this as being in a way possibly better than an in-person large meeting experience. You know, if you can get people to be active in the chat um, and participation is always the, you know, the goal, I think, I mean, it may not be the goal for, for a real, um, you know, presentation that's one to many, but for, for meetings where um, interaction is an important part of it, um, it sounds like it could be even easier to manage the interaction and also um, get more out of it um, in a distributed meeting like this, like the one we're talking about, rather rather than having all these people in in a single room. Do 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 the customers that you're working with now ever talk about that about um, 
about the differences between the large meetings they have in person and the large meetings they have um, using your technology? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up, Adam, because um, it, it kind of segues into, in, into a few things, right? You talked about the way we do things in person and, and the way that you can do things in a distributed format, which, which obviously also lends itself into the whole hybrid equation, which which is it's, it's pretty obvious that that is par for the course uh, right now. Uh, short answer to your question is absolutely yes. Customers tell us a lot about how the additional color that you can get from, from what you can do um, by, by factoring people's responses and chat allows them to have a much richer conversation with the distributor team. But but let me um, you know contextualize it with, um, with 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 segueing from what we used to do in the physical world, right? And and I think a good uh, surrogate for that is is actually to talk about my my grandfather, um, who interestingly was one of the uh, so I'm originally from India and and from the southern part of India and my grandfather, uh, God bless his soul, was one of the first public speaking teachers in in India and and in the south of India. So he started a public speaking class in 1967, which was way, way back, right? Yeah. And he he had a golden rule. He'd, he'd say that every five minutes, uh, definitely every 10 minutes, but if possible, every five minutes, ask your audience a question that requires them to either raise their hand and, and one time ask them to raise their right hand, the next time ask them to raise their left hand then ask them to stand up and then ask them to sit down. But if you think about it, Adam, what he's getting at is, you know, ask your audience uh, a question that elicits a binary response and ask them to visually cue that binary response by a body movement, either by moving their hands or moving their bodies, right? Because you couldn't get more color than a binary response in in a physical room. I mean, imagine asking people like, where are you joining? Or, you know, where did you travel from for this class? And a hundred people shout out an answer that it's going to be absolute cacophony. Yeah. Uh, take the same scenario onto a distributed team. Now, if you're a team that's meeting in person and you wanted to get everyone's opinions on board, uh, it would be difficult to do that because you you can have only one person speaking at a time. So. However, if that team was distributed and they are on a chat platform like Teams or something like that, and people were typing responses in the chat, and you had a way to to corral all these responses together, synthesize them, create word clouds, uh, run NLP on top of them to find similarity in themes um, and, and, and stuff, that could make for a much richer conversation where every voice is heard, right? Absolutely, uh, absolutely. And and uh, let's let's... Let's pause on that. I mean, do do you think that um, distributed work? I mean, it sounds like you do, but um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on on the way that distributed work, you know, opens the door to to more um, to richer dialogue, not just between colleagues at the same level, but between colleagues uh, in the C-suite or you know, uh, bosses and managers above you. And um, and and the you know the the whole team like do, do you do you see um, big opportunities as companies embrace um, distributed work to improve communications outright? I I, I certainly do because I think uh, a lot of the tech platforms are levelers in terms of flattening the organizational structure and encouraging participation from multiple people. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to borrow an expression that one of our uh, users, not from the work context, but he's actually a professor at a couple of colleges, and he used us for uh, some 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 classroom sessions that he did with students. And he gave us something which I think applies to the distributed work scenario as well. He said what he loves about a platform like Stream Alive is that it 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 embraces the student who's too cool for class and the student who's too shy for class. I love that. Uh, it, it's very scary to raise your hand in, in a context and have a spotlight put on you and then suddenly there's absolute silence and you're the only voice people are listening yeah. to. Yeah. Whereas uh, when you have something like chat or or other tools or 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 um, you know some some of the stuff that uh, that that you're working on and things, it it becomes a great leveler because um, people's voices are heard without an a, a disproportionate amount of a spotlight on them because that scares a lot of people. And I think that's important too, not 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 to entirely put a spotlight on someone, but allow their voice to be heard even if it's a little passively. And 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 that translates into a lot more participation from people who would have otherwise been, uh, um, you know, uh, reverting to to just being introverts and and not being part of the conversation. So, so I think I think that's something beautiful that happens as well with with technology that allows this to happen. I I love that and I, I totally agree. Uh, Lux, let me ask you a, a very uh, down-to-earth practical question here, which is um, you're an experienced uh, distributed worker yourself, right? Your company is uh, 15 or so people. You are a distributed team and you've managed much larger teams of distributed em employees. So we're going to assume that all of your choices about your hardware and your software are educated and uh, and power user uh, and very smart choices. So I know the listeners would love to hear, what do you have on your desk? What kind of hardware do you use? What kind of software do you use, um, especially for you know the core cornerstones of digital uh, communications technology, you know, email, calendar, text chat, video, um, do you have a messy desk or a, or a clean desk? Do you have two monitors or one monitor? Like, just just help us understand how you are productive. Okay. Uh, on the messy any desk, any of those any of those answers are fine. You don't have to answer every <laughs> single question. I know that was like a lot of questions at once, but we just want to get a picture of 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 your productive work stack. Got it. So so let me answer the messy desk, clean desk uh, thing first. It's usually a clean desk, but right now it's a very, very, very messy desk because I just got off the back of about two months of travel and I've got all kinds of currency notes, things and stuff. lying. <laughs> it's not representative at this point. And I'm okay. glad that we don't have video and you can't see what it looks like right now. Uh, I, I, I tend to index a little more towards portability because I, I, I travel a fair bit. So uh, I have a configuration for what I run on my desk and uh, I make sure that when I travel, I'm still able to run elements of it. So yeah. at a basic level for, you know, conversations, it's it's it's, it's important to be clear and clearly heard. So um, I've upgraded my, my laptop to you know, the new MacBook Air 15-inch one, which has a pretty good microphone and a much better camera than what the previous MacBooks had. So that allows me to work with it independently. Uh, however, I also have an external Logitech camera that I carry with me at all times. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a portable light because I think lighting is one of the things that people overlook the most in meetings and everything. So I have one of those portable lights that give you white and uh, soft light as well at different intensities. And it just hooks on to the top of your um, laptop and you can just connect it to, to your USB-C port. So that's oh, something okay. I pack and take with me as well quite often. Oh, okay. 
When I'm doing it on my table, I have a, 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 a Bluetooth uh, keyboard and a Bluetooth uh, trackpad. Mm -hmm. I do have an ancient uh, second monitor, which I don't use too often, but sometimes when I'm uh, doing a webinar of our own at Stream Alive, and I want to have two things. I want to see the audience's faces on one thing yeah. while I share screen somewhere else. Those are the rare instances where I might use it, but day to day, I, I, I don't usually use it. I have at least three different kinds of notebooks within reach, depending on whether I'm writing something on something that's funny and a stand-up comedy idea or whether it's something related to work or whatever, because I, I still like the tactile feeling of writing at times. Yeah. Have you ever played with a remarkable tablet? I, I haven't, but I've heard amazing things about it. Yeah, I, I have one and, um, and uh, you know, I don't use it every day, but I do, I do quite like it um, because it's, uh, they've, they've really invested a lot in the form factor of the pencil and the, and the screen. And there is something nice about um, the right, the act of writing and also about making it easy to get that into a digital format for you know for building on for later. So yeah, I I think you you might want to look into that as a holiday present for yourself. <laughs> Thank you. I needed an excuse, and then maybe you just gave me that. <laughs> um, I had a question. I had a follow-up question. You when you were talking about your cameras and the better camera that you invested in um, as part of this new laptop, and I was just wondering, um, just the ballpark, like what percentage of your live interactions with your own team. Um, is your camera on? Uh, with the team, I would say it's 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 on for about um, me personally. I keep mine on almost all the time, mm -hmm. but the team, on an average, uh, it's about two thirds of the time. So we have a, a weekly all hands where we go around the table, and uh, you know there's a standard format for it. It yeah. happens every week, and it's like, hey, what happened in your life that that was fun, interesting? Feel free to share pictures and stuff. Uh, second is what you worked on last week, and third is what you plan to work on in the week ahead. Mm -hmm. right? And for that one, unless you have a strong reason not to, we request everyone to keep their cameras on so we get some face time with the team. Yes. And then some of the other ones, it's kind of optional and people, depending on the, the state of messiness of their room or where they are or how they're feeling that day, keep it on or off. But yeah. I tend to put mine on about uh, majority of the time, which is about two yeah. thirds of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, to be honest, that sounds, that sounds higher than uh, I would have expected. Not, not because of your company size or anything, but just, I, I think we're in an era where, and I think overall, this is a good thing. Uh, I think we're in an era where people, um, yeah, it depends on the team and depends on the industry. But overall, it feels like people are more comfortable with uh, voice more of the time and maybe taking the opportunity to share their screen uh, and have that be the focus of the visual, uh, you know, uh, the shared visual rather than being on camera. I think we all um, learned that being on camera all the time is, is uh, draining in a special way. Um, so it's kind of nice. Uh, I feel like we've kind of moved into a different phase than we were in in 2021, for example. Um, so that's no, interesting. You're, you're absolutely right on that, Adam. And, and um, you know, I, I, I know you have a product that, that I've actually seen and played around with, which I think totally nails it in terms of the whole multi-share thing, because like this all-hands meeting that we have, Sometimes I'm sharing screen and showing some pictures and then someone wants to show something. They got to ask me to stop sharing and then they share it. So I, I do think that if it was frictionless and easy for people to 
um, you know, show things instead of showing their faces, uh, you might have more people doing it. Right now, there is friction with it with the native platforms, and which is why it's not done enough. But but yeah, I, I couldn't agree more on that. Yeah. Well, thanks for mentioning that. Um, I have one one last. We have probably have time for one more question here, and um, it's been just great listening to you dis- describe the fantastic innovation that Stream Alive is bringing to the market. I I um, wish you all the best luck, and I think that it's going to be very successful. My question, uh, my final question is, um, since we're we're both, uh, you know. Um, experienced entrepreneurs who have been, um, you know, working working hard in small companies, trying to turn them into something um, for, for a long time. Uh, I thought I'd ask you about a work-life balance question, uh, or I thought I'd ask you your perspective on work-life balance. Like, how do you encourage your employees to preserve and establish uh, healthy boundaries between their work life and their personal life when they are uh, working in hybrid or either either uh, hybrid um, context for your clients, if that ever comes up with your clients, or, and I expect it may not, for your own team, you are fully remote. How, how do you manage that as the person who's responsible for um, really like for, for people's good health and good contribution in a way? I, I, I think, I mean, needless to say, it's, it's, it's super important and, um, you know, I like to think that I kind of lead by example on that one, because it's it's very easy to. Although, as a, as a startup founder, you're kind of plugged in at all times. You're kind of constantly looking at things from the lens of what your company does, and therefore, mm-hmm. even on a weekend, you're looking at stuff. You're reading things, so you're passively working. Uh, I don't. Uh, you know, when we catch up on our weekly all hands or town halls, it's not like I say, oh, I was working all weekend and I was doing this. Right. Um, I, I great, take great pains to say. Oh, last Friday we met up with this whole bunch of friends, and and you know we we had this thing, and we played played charades, and we did mm-hmm. this, and then um, I revisited playing the guitar, something I hadn't done in the last five years, and I'm glad I did that because I realized I actually enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So when so what happens is in those in those weekly things when people are sharing what happened in their personal lives, they, they, it's almost like you're expected to have a life outside of work. Is yeah, the first message you're giving. Besides connecting with each other as people and stuff, so people are talking about the movies they watched, the activities they did, the hikes they took, the folks they met, the weddings and funerals they attended. And it just reminds us that there's so much more to this canvas of life beyond what we do for work, right? Uh, Embracing that, celebrating that, having conversations around that, I think is the first step towards uh, almost indicating that you're expected to balance your or, or, or have a life outside of work as well. Yeah, and, and uh, going back to the going back to the book, I mean, it's really just about you know being the the whole human that you are, name, place, animal, thing, the name of your book, and just um, making sure that the people that you work with, um, either at meetings like that, like the one you've described, or throughout the day, you know, at the right moment, is um, you know you're sharing the, the, those other parts of you. I think it's important and, and and the variety you get when you actively encourage that sharing and over time people realizing that it's something they actually look forward to and talking about it and laughing and ribbing off each other's taste in music in movies and music it 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 bonds the team a lot better but also constantly reminds us that um, you know we we need to take care of ourselves and and you find that it it translates into people bringing their best selves to to work as well right? because 
they, they know this is the culture of the company they know this is actively encouraged and uh, that 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 um, everybody is expected to have a life absolutely lux narayan is the ceo and founder of stream alive thanks for joining us today adam thank you so much for having me this was fun thank you so much I'm your host, Adam Riggs, and I'd like to thank you for listening to Remotely Possible, the podcast about distributed work and the people who make it possible. Remotely Possible is sponsored by Frameable, a software company with a mission of making virtual collaboration feel as easy as turning around and talking to each other. Learn more at frameable.com. To become a guest on an upcoming edition of Remotely Possible, head over to frameable.com slash podcast and introduce yourself. If you know someone who'd be a great guest, tag them on social media and let them know about the show and include the hashtag remotely possible. If you enjoyed this conversation, please share it on your social networks and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Your likes, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and to our team. Want to know how Frameable Spaces helps Microsoft Teams and Outlook users collaborate more effectively? Visit our website, frameable.com, or follow us on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.